Please be seated. Well, <laughs> it's so good to be back. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I put my transfer in to come back to Holy Trinity, and I'm waiting for the bishop to okay it. Until Father Michael needs to go join another church. So I think he told me this week he's going to become a Jehovah's Witness. Because he likes going on the prayer walk so much, so now he can do it every day. Anyway, I'm so happy to see you and everybody from uh, St. Bridget of Kildare down there in Medway uh, sends their love. Linda sends her love. It's really great to see. There's new faces here, which is wonderful. So I'm so happy to see that you're growing and that you're thriving. And uh, it just seems like yesterday that I was here. It's unbelievable. Many years have passed, but, you know, it's interesting what God has done and is doing for us, our communities, and, you know, we take one step at a time, right? Anyway, so anyway, so I'm preparing a sermon for you, and I'm thinking, you know, you know how it is sometimes you, th- you think you're going to say something and God throws you a curveball. So last night I had, I, I really did, I had this dream last night. And I was in this big theological debate. And there are lots of theological chewies. You know what a theological chewy is? It's one of those, hmm, it's like when you go to a cocktail party, you know, and you're chewing on that. Oh, that sounds very interesting. So, so anyway, I get, I'm at this big debate. I have this dream. I think it was a debate about being a Roman Catholic or an Orthodox Christian or an Anglican, the differences and I was debating with another priest in the dream. So it got pretty heated. But going back and forth. And then in the dream, I remember I was trying to think, what am I going to say next? I need to say some brilliant theological words of wisdom, you know. And then I finally, the words came out of my, my mouth in this dream. I said, the difference with all that we're talking about The difference is having a salvation and a relationship with Jesus that is based entirely on faith and not on works. I really, this is true, I really had this dream. And when I said those words, all the chatter and all the debate, you could hear a pin drop in the room. And I remember in the dream thinking, those weren't my words. They just rolled off my lips. You know that scripture says the Holy Spirit will give you words sometimes when, when you don't know what to say. But just remember, what, what a wonderful, what's the message here, Lord? What are you trying to tell me? You know what I, I believe that the, the message is? That what we are, what we do, is a matter of love. These are matters of love. Being a Christian is a matter of love. But more so, it's a matter of grace. That word that we don't hear a lot, grace. And what is grace? I had it when I ran and I looked it up this morning. And here's a beautiful definition of grace. Because grace is the love and the mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it. Not because of anything we have done or earned. And the second definition was that grace is a spontaneous gift from God to man, generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved. 
It takes the form of a divine favor and love. Now, I could stop my sermon right now because I don't know about you, but how do we wrap our minds around that? I cannot do it. It takes a lifetime to understand that. And I'm still working on it. I don't understand how God could be that way. Especially, you know, some of us have grown up being told that God is a totally different way, isn't it? I remember all those wonderful teachings I had as a kid. God is judger. <laughs> God is this or God is that. And you know what? Even as a little kid, you know what I remember? Even what they told me, I knew God was so much more than that. The gift of grace is the essence of our faith. It's the kind of grace and love that changes everything. And in the epistle, it says it so beautifully. See what the love of the Father has given us so that we should be called children of God. That's incredible. And as again, this is what? Wonderful news. And then it goes on in the epistle. The world will never get this. <laughs> it is why it does not know us. Because it does not know him. And I'm still trying to get that. Not up here in some kind of a debate or knowledge or repetition. But down here, that's the challenge, isn't it? It's to have a heart, a stony one, change to flesh. That's where he really, that's where the work goes, is the change of the heart. And change is so difficult. I have a birthday coming up. Just want to let you all know. It's coming December 7th. So when I get your cards, spell my name right. And You know how you open those cards? You always shake it first and see what falls out. Remember that? Nobody's ever done that. I know you haven't. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. What? <laughs> you know, because you send me a card every year. Let's call it 50-something, okay? And I was reading the gospel, I thought, about this 50-plus years on earth. First of all, it made me think, my God, I just graduated from high school yesterday. It, it, what? It's, it's surreal, isn't it, how quick time goes? But then I started thinking about 50-plus-something years. Not only how short life is, but I started thinking about, look at all the rap, what kind of rabbit trails and detours I've taken all my life. And I'm sitting there saying, I have wasted so much time running after things that in the end they really, really don't matter. And I started thinking about that. And we all do that, don't we? We've all been down rabbit trails. We've all been down dead-end streets, thinking that things are going to make us happy. It's part of human nature. You know, when I was a little kid, some of the older people here, the 50-plus people, men especially, will remember. Remember, you know, in the back of the comic book? Remember Charles Atlas? Remember that cartoon? Anybody here remember that? Charles Atlas was called the, the man's, uh, the most perfectly developed uh, uh, body or male in the world. He's a bodybuilder. And the cartoon in the back of the comics books was him, somebody was kicking 
uh, sand into this, this kid's face. He was a skinny little runt. So he took the Charles Atlas course, and he became a big, and he goes back to the beach, and same guy comes by, and he whacks him in the mouth, and he's a man, you know. Interesting, what defines a man, you know. So I used to, like, my dad had those courses. So as a kid, I thought, I want to be like him. Because if I'm like him, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be a happy, that's going to give my life some meaning. <laughs> well, anyway, I won't tell you what happened to good old Charles, but uh, he's no longer with us. So, so much for bodybuilding. How many of you bought the latest diet book? I don't know what, to, I don't know what the one is. There's always some great diet book. You know, just think of them. Atkins, Scarsdale, uh, grapefruit, I don't know. How many people here are reading the, uh, the best uh, pop psych book? Remember in the 60s? What was the, oh, it was a great psychological pop book. Remember that? Matt, you remember it, Bob. What was it? I'm okay, you're okay? Oh, wow. Boys, I'm really hip now. You know? Man, I really got the meaning of life. Holy smoke. I'm okay, you're okay. Whatever gets you through the night, it's okay. Boy, well, how, how, wrong, how wrong it was about that. See those phases and containers? And in the 60s, or excuse me, 70s, I thought the coolest person in the, in the world, you got to own a Pontiac GTO. Man, that's the car to have. And I remember one night somebody let me bore their GTO. You everybody know what that is? The car, the GTO car? Okay, good. All those things have passed, you know. And two years ago, I confess, I even bought a motorcycle two years ago, you know. But I got to tell you, I really like that. <laughs> because I write some of my best sermons when I'm riding down the road. Talk about, I'm going to write a book called The Spirituality, The Spiritual Formation of Motorcycle Riding. But, so, I have, so that's my phase I'm in right now, okay. But today, the opening words of the gospel, are such wisdom. Because Jesus tells us, if you think I'm over here, don't go over there. <laughs> if you hear of rumors, I'm in that inner room. I'm not in that room. Don't be swayed over there. If you think I'm in the latest craze, guess what? I'm not. You know why? What is he telling us? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. You don't have to go look anywhere. You don't have to go down some rabbit trail because he's in our lives. So what do you want in your 50th birthday plus, 50 plus birthday? Well, I'll be honest to you. I really want to grow with him. And I'm really being honest. I, you know what? I'm tired of all that. I'm tired of dead-end streets. I want to be with my beloved. I want to know him better than I ever have before. Because in the end, and the day is done, that's all that matters. My beloved Jesus, who has given me everything and is always waiting to give me and give us more. You know what? St. Augustine was right. If you ever read his Confessions, it's a great, great book. But in the Confessions, he says, Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Boy, 
he got it right, didn't he? I don't know about you, but maybe that's the wisdom that comes with age. Not wearing, not sweating the small stuff. <laughs> Thinking, oh, what difference will this make in a hundred years from now? I like those little, 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 uh, uh, little quotes and mottos. Less patience for things that don't matter. I want him. And I want him just to know him. I want him to be my life. I want him to be everything. Because in the end, that is all that matters. My relationship with my beloved. And a hundred years from now, go home and look at your date books, okay, and your palm readers. A hundred years from now, let's have a big party. We'll all be there. Your date book will be empty. And let's remember this day when we thought about and remembered, God, you matter. Your, 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 uh, your promises are true. And finally, I just would like to mention, you know, I'm always amazed at uh, the scripture in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. So Mark is supposed to be the first, the scholars tell us, the first gospel to be written. But the first words, if that is true, that Jesus ever spoke, he says, the time, this is chapter 1 in Mark, verse 15, he says, the time, he's talking about time, talk about another mystery, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Remember that word, it's at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus reminded his disciples that. He said that to many people. He said that the kingdom of God is breaking in. So what does that mean to us? It means, guess what? That the banquet is happening right now at this moment. You know, I tell my peop- uh, the people that I minister to in hospice, I say, there's two days that I don't want you to worry about any longer. They say, what? Yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> Because all any of us have is the moment. Not the next moment, not tomorrow. It's promised to no one. And Jesus says, I come in power to ignite a fire and to change your life and to transform you and to fill you so that your cup runneth over. I give you salvation at this moment. And to think of every little moment that we have that it's an eternal moment and that we can have the fullness of the banquet right here. Now, I, now has anybody here been to a Billy Graham crusade? Can we have it? Yeah, I mean, I, I went when I was in college, and boy, I'll tell you, I, I saw, like, yeah, it was unbelievable. I saw even, like, Catholic bishops walking up to receive Christ in their heart. But the thing I love about him, and I had a chance to meet him once, and he's just like he is in person than he is on television. He's the real deal. But at his crusades, what does he do? He calls people forward, doesn't he? He calls them at the moment to accept Christ. And he would always say, if you listen, go back and listen to his crusades. He said, this is the most important moment of your life. And you may never get another chance. And that's when I heard those words that I myself got up and said, I don't want this moment to pass. Ever. 
where I can have you, Lord, in my life. And that was, one, that was the most important moment of my life. Has the, has the boat been rocky since then? Of course. But I did not allow the moment to go wasted and pass it by. And this is how Jesus uses time. Finally, when I was in, I remember somebody said to me once, this is not even a religious thing. It surely isn't in Scripture, but it's inferred what Jesus is saying. The time is now, the place is here. This is home. And I think of those words, that's what, that's true in Christ. The time is now, Jesus. The place is here, you are in my life. I want to let go of all the fears and all the worries that I've ever had. I don't want to worry about tomorrow. I'm tired of worrying. I'm tired of being anxious. I really want you. I really want to surrender. I really want you to change me so that I can be different. That's the calling. That's not just pie in the sky. That is the reality of the Christian walk and having Jesus Christ live in your heart. And when we see other people, what do we do? Tell them the same thing. Tell them the good news. And at the end of today's gospel, it talks about when Jesus is coming back. This gospel is also referred to as the second advent gospel, the second coming. And in this, uh, these final words, the Lord is telling us, you know, it's going to be okay in the end. <laughs> I like that. That in the end, guess what? I'm coming back, and it's going to be okay. And, you know, you don't help prepare for that time when I come back, but don't miss the moment. He's saying, and when I come back, you have a place to hide. If you look through the Bible, remember what Noah did? Noah had what? He had the ark, right? Before the flood. What about Lot? He had Zoar when Sodom was destroyed, that there was a hiding place for all believers in Jesus. And I can't imagine that day when we will meet him in the air. <laughs> that day is no doubt going to happen. But don't wait until the final day. <laughs> the time is now, my brothers and sisters. The place is here. This is the moment. It might be the most important moment of your life. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you came here in with, what troubles, what sin. What I do care about is that you leave here different. Changed, transformed, and experiencing the God who's breaking into your life right now. Don't let that pass. And that's all he wants to do. That's grace. I don't understand it. I'm trying. But all he asks us to do is what? Just receive it. And let us, let us do that as we continue this beautiful service. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.